Welcome to the Business of Learning, the Learning Leaders Podcast from Training Industry. Hello and welcome to the Business of Learning. I'm Sarah Gallo, an Associate Editor here at Training Industry. And I'm Taryn H. DeLong, Managing Editor. This episode of the Business of Learning is sponsored by EI Design. EI Design has nearly two decades experience helping customers future-proof their training investment. From strategy to development, delivery to measurement, EI Design creates engaging learning environments that have a demonstrable impact on learners and the business. Its services include change management and upskilling trainers for virtual delivery, immersive learning strategies to engage remote learners, and a learning and performance ecosystem that drives continuous learning, performance gain, and behavior change. Learn more at eidesign.net. Measurement challenge is a common one in the training industry. While we know that L&D plays a role in helping organizations reach their goals, learning leaders have long struggled to prove the business impact of training. To learn more and uncover the secrets behind effective training measurement and evaluation, we're speaking with Asha Pandey, founder and chief learning strategist at EI Design. Asha, welcome to the podcast. Hi, pleasure to be on the podcast today. All right, well, to start off, Asha, what makes it so challenging to measure training's impact on business goals? Yeah, I think that uh, is the important question. Now, if you see organizations every year spend enormous amount of time, energy, and money on creating training, delivering them, yet the determination of the impact is something that tends to be rather elusive. Now, everybody acknowledges it's important, but it doesn't get done. So there are several inherent challenges in this exercise, and I'm going to summarize uh, five of the challenges that we've seen with our customers. So the first one we see is that during the training need analysis phase, focus is predominantly on training's ability to meet the learning outcomes. And at this stage, the view for evaluating the training's impact is very limited. It is on basics of learner reaction, registration or completion rates, a little bit of learning efficacy and limited application. The second challenge that we see is that the change in thinking or behavior quite often is deemed to be rather difficult and may not just get even attempted. The third, and I think which is a very critical bit, is the fact that the business KPIs are not identified upfront. And in situations where the business KPIs do get identified, Organizations are constrained by the fact that there is no framework through which they can get the desired analytics if the training delivered the required impact. Now, in certain situations, which is much smaller percentages, that where the L&D teams do have the big picture, they have the complete perspective, they know what should be done, they may not have the resources, which is a combination of teams, the tools, frameworks, etc., to collate this data, analyze it, and then draw the actionable insights. So because of which, what we see is that while everybody acknowledges the need for the measurement of impact of training, the exercise either doesn't get attempted or it takes just too much of time. So these are some of the challenges that we see, which are fairly inherent to the exercise, but it doesn't mean that there is no answer. Yeah, for sure. I think those are some very real challenges that a lot of learning leaders have either already faced or will face at some point in their careers. 
All right. So Asha, with those challenges in mind, what are some common oversights learning leaders may make when measuring the impact of training? Yeah. So I think one of the things uh, we've noticed is the fact that if you measure something with a rather limited set of cues, you're not going to get the big picture or the more appropriate picture. So what do I mean by this? Is that what we see is that uh, remember I talked about the fact that during the training needs analysis focuses so predominantly on making sure that the learning outcomes are met. At best, the organizations are looking at what are called now there's the LND metrics, which means you know your basic learner reaction or the feedback on the training or the trainer, the number of registrations and what was the corresponding completion rates. And to some degree, the assessment scores are able to give them the training effectiveness. But what's really missing in this case is the more significant component, which is called the business metrics, which meant that why did the organization make this specific training investment is because there should have been a specific gain for the business, which means that the training should have been in a position to influence or impact the business goal. So the oversight that we definitely see is that we are looking at only the L&D metrics, which is necessary, because but it is the starting point. So if I were to draw the picture, the L&D metrics uh, would be the core and the business metrics is the other concentric circle, which is around the core. So while you start there, but you need to make sure that the business metrics is also in place. Now, to achieve this combination, the other piece which is important is that the L&D teams and the business leaders need to collaborate during the early phase of the project development. And only when they are able to decide on how these two metrics would be coupled, you would be able to indeed arrive at the impact of the training. So let me just pick an example to show what I'm talking about. And and this would totally resonate with our listeners as well. So assume a situation where an organization is making an investment on a CRM tool for their sales and marketing. And it's now replacing a bunch of legacy tools and the range of Excel-based trackers that they had. L&D team is given this mandate to make sure that there are about four or five levels in the organization who need to be trained. And it needs to be done in a definitive time of uh, six months. Now, the way the program would be crafted during the uh, training need analysis is that you've got these four or five personas. Each one of them has an expectation of a certain proficiency level that needs to be accomplished. So as a result, what would happen is that the l team's evaluation also would be on determining the proficiency gain, which to a very large degree, they would be able to get an assessment through the scores end of the program. But what's missing in this picture is the business metrics. Now, for the business leaders, if you were to ask, this investment happened, you've got these people who've gotten upskilled to this degree, what happens next? Now, if we were to now look at identifying a particular KPI, what would resonate with business leader is either improved revenue, improved profitability, maybe more number of customers, higher customer satisfaction. Now, assuming the sales rep in this exercise is able to save one hour from as they transition from the older legacy to a more integrated uh, tool. Now, this one hour, one on eight hours is 12.5% additional work that they would be able to do, which may be either a customer reach out, 
or maybe another opportunity which is now going to be higher at this volume now this is the kind of an indicator which is impacting the business directly and if you have this kpi you're going to be able to now truly demonstrate the value of the training on business i hope that sort of gave the perspective of the oversight and how the bigger picture needs to be actually taken care of yeah that's a great example thank you so we know that measuring the impact of training isn't easy and you've broken that down for us so when thinking about effective training measurement and evaluation why is it so important that learning leaders identify those training KPIs before they launch a program absolutely so what happens is that if you decide on the program's design and development largely from the perspective which is the more traditional end and it is the core uh, the learning outcomes just the same way we saw in the previous example you would tick those boxes but you're still not touching the business kpi so what's very important is that you need to have collaborative quantification between the lnd metrics and business metrics that must be done up front because if this is not done you would not have the follow up steps to measure the impact on the aspects that the business is really really seeking and if you're going to be as a post facto bringing in some kpis after the design and the development of the training program has been done you're likely to hit at best a very unreliable outcome so the key is really tarin in going moving rather the exercise up to the tna phase expanding the scope have both the lnd and the business leaders identify the parameters and then make sure that these are now factored into the evaluation framework as well and maybe i can just illustrate it with another example so let's take an example where an insurance company wants to implement a training which is going to improve the accuracy of their estimates now the from the lnd perspective if you see the mandate is that assuming there were 100 people who needed to be trained on this particular uh, proficiency so the ticks for them are that they train these people within that certain time that was planned for and now they've got their reaction as well as assessment scores with them but you don't have a kpi which you didn't identify up front now this is where the gap is going to be from the perspective that the business wishes to see now the kpi if it were identified up front would have been that i want to be certain that out of these 100 people 70 people are operating at the right level the next 30 people need to move up into proficiency so i should have a before and after view which is attributable to the training to demonstrate the value that the business seeks so if you don't identify the kpi up front you won't be able to measure it later so it's very vital that organizations need to expand this phase of training need analysis it needs a strong collaboration between the learning and development team as well as the business leaders and the quantification of the kpis needs to happen both sets of metrics from the lnd to business metrics needs to be in place thank you for illustrating that for us so going off of that how can learning leaders make sure they're identifying the right kpis for their programs Yeah so let's just take a step back uh, here Darren the quantification or what we call that you know this particular LND program was successful is when we see that it is aligning and helping the organization 
meet the employee performance gain targets but i think it's more significant that it is impacting the corporate strategy or sometimes it may be a tactical level but definitely at the corporate strategy level so as an extension when you do the evaluation of an lnd program against the correct set of kpis you what you're doing is that you're ensuring that indeed the lnd program is going to support yes definitely the employee performance gain but it would be able to drive the corporate strategy or anything which is required to be done at the tactical level now this bigger perspective is vital in making sure that amongst the range of kpis that may be in the uh, business leaders radar we also need to sift through and identify which are going to be the most significant one and these then need to be picked up so there are some best practices that definitely organizations can use which are going to help them in doing so so assessing that which kpi is right the first step that we recommend is that is the training going to help you solve a specific business problem is the lnd program aligned to the corporate strategy have you looked for parameters which are going beyond the number of hours of training the headcounts that it was uh, supposed to cover is the kpi that you have identified indeed measurable and all of this has it been factored into the tna phase so that there is a clarity from both lnd and the business side that we're going to be measuring these and there is a framework for us to obtain the data and do the evaluation so these are some of the practices which can help you pick the right kpi at the right time at the foundational stage and make sure that it is going to do justice to the overall mandate Well, those are some great tips to keep in mind, Asha. Well, you know it's definitely important to measure those L&D and business metrics that you had mentioned there. Are there any other best practices you have for today's L&D leaders? Yeah, definitely. But before that, maybe there is another important bit that I'll touch upon uh, the KPIs. Now, when we do the evaluation, you would find that the KPIs can be grouped into two categories very broadly. one which are going to give you early indication these are called the leading kpis and some which are necessarily going to be measured over a period of time and these are called the lagging kpis so let me just maybe just spend a little time before i tell you which best practices would add value now leading kpis as the word denotes can be used in the early stage of the programs and these are typically going to give you cues on whether the knowledge retention happened is there an improvement is there an application which is happening but the crucial ones are the lagging kpis which are typically measured 30 60 90 or even 120 days after the program and this in itself has multiple uh, iterations because this is where it is going to show you whether the gain in the proficiency translated to the benefit that the business was seeking so it would take you that much of time to determine whether you know it translated to that gain in sales profitability market share etc so some of the best practices that we've seen and one of it connects back to the point that we've already covered is that kpis must be identified before the development of the training program begins and while you may have identified the right kpi do you have the inputs for you to be able to validate the data pertaining to the kpi is correct because you know if otherwise it's garbage and garbage out 
So making sure that the data for the measurement of the KPI is available and it is reliable. And it's also important that from the range of KPIs that you have, if you're going to have something which can't be measured, it can't be improved. So we avoid which are uh, subjective. Two important things. Sometimes in the beginning uh, of the evaluation or the measurement that we are doing, we are likely to get uh, results which are not quite in line with our uh, expectations. So we shouldn't ignore these negative results. A lot of times, these are going to be our building blocks towards this eventual success. Failure, I the way I look at it, is an option. And when we do an honest reporting, we are going to be able to analyze why it didn't work. And earlier we know we are able to make sure that there is a remediation or reinforcement can be put into action. On the other hand, if the early indicators are great, it doesn't guarantee your lagging indicators are going to be as good. So you still need to wait for measuring the lagging KPIs as well. All right, so now that we've clarified lagging versus leading KPIs and the importance of clarifying those before a program, let's shift gears a little bit. As we record this episode at the start of 2021, learning leaders are hard at work strategizing for the new year. How can measuring training impact position them for success this year? Absolutely. So the right KPIs can actually help you drive business results. And if you're able to align the L&D programs to the key corporate strategies or key corporate initiatives, that's where the success lies. So adopting a framework which allows you to do this is going to make sure that first your training is supporting the employee performance gain. More specifically, it is aligned to your corporate strategy. It's definitely going to help you clearly demonstrate the gain for the learners. It can move from basics of learning to application, going all the way up to behavioral change. The measurement also demonstrates a clear and tangible value for business. More specifically, it can also give the L&D teams a clear perspective on which programs are working because they are impacting the uh, business KPIs and which aren't. So you may want to then toggle the budgets and make sure that you are maximizing your training spend on the programs that can indeed impact these KPIs. So overall, what it definitely would give is a competitive edge for the organization, and it would be also reflected in a phenomenally better ROI on the training spend. Those are some great points, Sasha. Hopefully, all L&D leaders will prioritize training measurement, not only this year, but throughout their careers in the field. So while training measurement can be challenging, thankfully, there are many models and methods for measuring the business impact of training that can help. Which of these have you found are most effective? Yeah, so you're right, Sarah. There's a big list out there. So what I'm going to do is, in our experience, what we saw had value. And of course, all of the models that I'm going to talk about are extremely popular as well. I think the model that tops the list is Kirkpatrick's model. And uh, I get you know two kind of reactions when, when I'm presenting on this topic. Uh, this rolling of eyes, you know, it's a dated old model, not quite there, or it is too difficult, particularly when it goes to the uh, level of behavioral change or the impact on uh, business. But fact of the matter is Kirkpatrick continues to be a strong model that is used by organizations globally. At one level, it is giving a pulse of learner reaction to knowledge retention 
and there is room for determining the behavioral change and the impact on business. It also has evolved through a related model of moving it to the fifth level, which is the Phillips model of ROI determination. Now, people are already talking about the sixth level to the Kirkpatrick model, which is after you've determined what is the impact of training, how do you sustain or maximize the impact? So I still believe there is a lot of value in this. And in a bit, I'll just also show you how we have integrated this into our uh, framework that we use for training evaluation. The other model, which is my personal favorite, is the learning transfer evaluation model or uh, LTEM. This is a more current model. I think it was in mid-90s. And what I like about it uh, is that it is more aligned to the way you would like this entire process to flow. So while it has the basics of attendance or activity, but then the learner perception, which is your reaction to knowledge, decision-making competence, then the task competence, and the next two are really important, which is the transfer of learning to the effect of the transfer. So at one level that you would notice there are quite a few things which are coming from Kirkpatrick model, although they're packaged a little differently. Now, the other common model that uh, we see is the Kaufman's five levels of evaluation and very, very close to the same that input, acquisition, application, output, and so on and so forth. There's also an interesting model, which is called the success case method, the SCM model, which has a remarkably different approach of the best performing programs versus the worst. And the analytics from here are able to see the improvement on the uh, business results. There's also the other model, which is called the CIPP or the Context Input Process and Product Evaluation Model. And again, it has uh, four stages and it uses very iterative approach. Now, if we look at these range of options which are out there, our assessment and my personal assessment has been that there's no one model which would work for every organization in every context. So I think the model that works, I would put there are three important criteria that A, it should be easy enough to deploy. B, it should be flexible. And the organizations should have the room to make sure that as they are evolving in this journey, the model can actually grow alongside. So the model that we have at EI Design has taken cues from many of the models I just spoke about. And we've used these models, plus we have integrated some of the learning that we've had in servicing our customers' needs over the last two decades to bring up a framework which organizations will find it easy to adopt. When we began the podcast today, we talked about the challenges and it appears to be otherwise a very daunting task, and which is what we've done by simplifying. So I've talked about the fact that the first stage, you need to expand the scope of your training need analysis. Make sure that you're in due collaboration between the L&D and the business leaders, quantifying the training metrics that you're going to be using to for evaluation, both L&D metrics as well as the business metrics. The Next step is actually very crucial, which not all the models talk about, which is the best of the training programs may not be working with the learners simply because they don't have any motivation. So what we've added here is room to validate that do we have the schema, do we have measures which can help us motivate the learners? We use a framework which is called Octalysis, and we've taken inspiration from there to understand the drive or the motivation factors which should 
be part of your uh, processing, starting with the uh, training need analysis phase. Then the bit which is again related to the fact, the, the motivation level is the fact that unless the learner sees the value, sees there is a relevance in the content that is coming their way, they're not going to be connected, they're not going to be completing, they're not going to be assimilating. They are not going to take the trouble to push the data from short-term to longer-term memory. So having this facet into your overall training deployment strategy, which is communicate the relevance, communicate the value of the training to the learners and keep the focus on the fact that how it is going to impact the organization as well. Now, the gauging the learner reaction comes next and go beyond just the smileys, you know, the basic reaction. So what we've started doing is that we integrate a fairly comprehensive survey into the course itself. It is about 10 facets, but it allows us to get a sense of how the user experiences, how the learning experiences. Remember when I talked about the leading and the lagging KPIs, these are very good cues for your leading KPIs. And it's a great practice to have a small focus group of eventual learners work with you during the development phase and between the proto and the prototype and the alpha stage itself. You can roll out this poll or survey and get that first-hand feel. Then the steps are fairly easy, which is you know determining the right training format, whether you go with online, blended, VILT, or are there any supporting interventions like coaching or mentoring may be necessary? And then the right immersive learning strategy that's going to help you meet the learning outcomes, plus the kind of engagement quotient you require from the learners. Now, as an expansion to the components that we had collected during the TNA phase, now we identify two important things. The gain for the learner and how we intend to measure, gain for the business and how exactly do we want to measure. The last, which is the 10th step, is basically closing the loop. Whether we met the objectives that we set out to accomplish or if there were a gap, what more could be done to make sure that uh, there is a remediation or a reinforcement. So while I call this a 10-step model, it's not really sequential. And at every stage, we have room to feed back a previous stage to make sure that the results are aligned. Thanks, Asha. And we're going to link to an ebook in the show notes that shares a little bit more about the model that you described. Absolutely. Absolutely. So to wrap things up today, do you have any final tips for our listeners on how they can maximize the business impact of their training programs? Yeah. So I think I'll circle back with all the things that I talked about. So a lot of it is common sense, if you ask me. You need to start right. So which means the right foundation needs to be in place. So during the TNA phase, make sure both stakeholders are engaged, L&D as well as the business leaders. There is clarity on the L&D as well as the business metrics. Choose the right evaluation model. There is no one model which would help you handle all the combinations of needs that you may have. Choose a model which gives you the flexibility, which would help you in uh, customizing it for your own environment. And I think the next bit is the more important piece, which is don't be nervous about the fact that you're going to get the results in the first pass or otherwise. So keep the spot checking going, do it periodically. Whatever incremental gain that one is seeing, or even if there is a setback, is fine. It needs to be evaluated and the correction should happen. But I think the final and the foremost is you need to look at a holistic picture, which is the learning and performance ecosystem. 
Because for you to be able to sustain and maximize the impact, you need to have many facets in the learning strategy. You need to make sure that there are measures which are influencing or changing the learning habits, which are increasing learners' motivation. Learning which is within the workflow of the learners, which is on-demand learning, not necessarily within the LMS. And there is room for continuous learning, which is where pieces like your curated learning or user-generated content comes in. So adopting an ecosystem-based approach, which has components of both learning and performance support, is going to help you ensure that the employee performance behavioral transformation goals are met on one side, and you're truly aligned to the corporate strategic goals, or sometimes even tactical elements that are necessary at the org level. So I believe these are some of the tips which can definitely help organizations sustain the momentum or even maximize the business impact of trainings. Perfect. Well, Asha, thank you again for speaking with us today on the business of learning. My pleasure. For more insights on measuring the impact of training, visit the show notes for this episode at trainingindustry.com slash trainingindustrypodcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening. If you have feedback about this episode or would like to suggest a topic for a future program, email us at info at or use the contact us page at trainingindustry.com. Thanks for listening to the Training Industry Podcast.